Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. The 2020 holiday season is going to be unlike any other. And we started off with this Thanksgiving service. Here are a few meditations as we think about what we have to be grateful for. You're listening to Songs in the Night by Reverend Peter Yonker. Thanksgiving 2020. Is that an oxymoron? 2020 is, is, a, is, a, is a number that we, we say with some approbation. It's a byword, right? We say it with a grimace. We say it with gritted teeth. And that doesn't fit so well with the word thanksgiving. But I think we know as Christians that our Lord calls us to give thanks in all things. Not for all things, but in all things. So even though this has been a hard year and a really hard year for some of you, We will give thanks together this morning. We will sing our songs in the night. That's how the psalmists put it. That even when it's nighttime, we sing our songs of joy. Psalm 42, verse 8. By day the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is still with me. A prayer to the God of my life. So let us give thanks in the midst of this strange year. And let's continue to do that with the words of this song from the quartet. Sing to the Lord of harvest, sing songs of love and praise, with joyful hearts and voices, your hallelujahs raise, by him the rolling seasons in fruitful Peace. Mm-hmm. 
Psalm 77 verse 11 says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Psalm 77, if you read the whole thing, is definitely a song, a psalm in the night. The psalmist is literally in his bed at night, and he's tossing and turning, and his mind is spinning. His mind is whirling like a helicopter because it is going from worry to worry, from anxiety to anxiety. And he tries to calm himself with prayer. If you read the psalm, it says he lifts holy hands to pray to God, but he can't find calm. Those questions keep spinning in his head. Has God forsaken me? Has he forgotten about me? Is he punishing me because of the sins of my youth? And just when the psalmist thinks that the RPMs in his mind are going to redline and his mind is going to explode, he suddenly finds his foothold. He finds his strength. He finds his peace. How does he find it? When he remembers the past. When he remembers what the Lord has done for him and his people in the past. Then I thought, says the psalmist, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, Lord, I will remember your miracles of long ago. In the psalm, the psalmist specifically remembers the time that the Lord got his people through the Red Sea. That time when they were pinned against the edge of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's chariots were coming and they were all in a panic and somehow God opened up a way when there was no way. The psalmist remembers that. And it's not like all his anxieties disappear, but he finds a foothold, lowers the RPMs of his mind, reanimates him, and he finds his way back to joy and hope. Many of the Psalms push us in the same direction. When we're anxious, they say, remember the steadfast love of the Lord. It reminds me of a remarkable video that I saw just a couple weeks ago. It's a video of someone called Marta Gonzalez. Who is Marta Gonzalez? Marta Gonzalez is or was an accomplished ballet dancer. She danced in the USA. She danced in Cuba. She's not dancing anymore. She was in a nursing home in Spain. And um, she has advanced Alzheimer's, and so she's almost completely unresponsive in this video. When the video starts, she sort of slumped in her wheelchair, her face is to one side, her mouth is open, um, she's not responding to the environment around her, her eyes are sort of dull. But then someone puts a set of headphones on her and they start playing music and specifically they play Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake, that ballet. And her body remembers. She remembers this old song that was part of her life and the change is extraordinary. She starts to move her hands like a ballet dancer would do in a much better way than I am doing right now. But it's not just small gestures. It's big, beautiful gestures right in time with the music. And it's not just her arms that start moving. Her face lights up. She sits up and she starts making the faces like she would make if she was actually dancing on stage at Carnegie Hall. That's something like what happens with the psalmist. He hears the old music of God's faithfulness. And it brings him back to thanksgiving and joy. 
In 2020, remember the faithfulness of your God. He's the God who brought Israel through the Red Sea. He's the God who lifted Daniel out of the lion's den. He's the God who lifted Joseph out of the well. He's the God who raised Jesus from the tomb. He's the God who's already brought you many good gifts and brought you through many dangers, toils, and snares. And he's the God who loves you so much and is so determined that you have a good ending to your life that he gave his one and only son to die for you. Remember his old song of goodness. May that reanimate you. May it lead you back to thanksgiving. And may it be your song in the night. I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Oh, the we 
Psalm 65 verse 8 says this. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, Lord. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. A couple years before I came to the grave, I was still doing a lot of youth ministry. And I went on a serve project. That's a summer service trip with some of the high school youth uh, from my church, my previous church. And we went to Newark, New Jersey. We went to do some work in, in the core of, of Newark, New Jersey, which at that time, and, and maybe still today, had a reputation of being a really, really uh, run-down city, a difficult city, a complicated city with lots of the, the worst of urban problems, uh, crime, drugs, things like that. So we went there to work, and, and one of the things we did while we were there is that all of us went through a half-hour walk in the middle of the day through downtown Newark. We went in all the places where the people who lived in that complicated city um, worked and, and went about their daily lives just to see what life was like for them. So we, after that half-hour walk in the middle of Newark, we went somewhere else and we sat down and we decompressed and we shared what we had seen. And most of us shared stories of some of the urban blight that had come before eyes. So people said things like, man, I saw, I saw some cops come and they took a guy down and they put him up against the wall and they arrested him. I saw some guys sitting over there in a corner and I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they were doing a drug deal. I saw a homeless guy, he was passed out on the sidewalk and people were just walking around him. I saw burned out buildings, I saw broken windows. Lots of stories of urban blight, which was, I was on the tour, was definitely there. But then there was one little fresh-faced 15-year-old girl from Muskegon. And when it came time for her to speak, this is what she said she saw. I saw some friends playing. I saw two mothers pushing their strollers with their babies in them and talking to each other. I saw a grandma taking her grandson shopping. I saw friends laughing together. This girl did not make this report in a way to, to make a point. She wasn't trying to score points or be contrary. This is literally what she saw. And everything that she reported was there. In fact, there was more of what she saw. There were more people living those sort of normal, happy lives in the neighborhoods that we saw than there were stories of blight. But somehow people like me had been conditioned to see the negative, conditioned to see the problems. This happens in more than just Newark. Psalm 65, which we'll read part of in a moment, is one of my favorite psalms. Reading that psalm, especially the end of it, is like standing in a mown field in late summer when the sun is low and the birds are singing and the shadows are long. It's full of imagery that sort of lifts up your head above your problems and your troubles and helps you to see the goodness and the love of God, which is all around us. Today, in whatever you do in Thanksgiving, I'm sure that you'll spend some time talking about COVID. It's hard these days to make it through a day without talking about that. And it's possible that some of you will spend some time talking about politics, though I strongly advise against it. May Psalm 65 lift your head above these troubles, lift your head above this blight. 
May it help you see the goodness of God, which is all around you right now. May it help you to name those good things which are still in your life right now. And may it help you come to your song in the night. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. Dreams of God are filled with water to provide it grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless it with crops. You show your ear your bounty. Your courts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. verse 4 say to those with fearful hearts be strong do not fear your God will come he will come with vengeance with divine retribution he will come to save you 
Here's a question. Can you be thankful for something that hasn't happened yet? Can you be thankful for something that has not yet occurred? Well, I think the answer to that question is yes, if that something is one of God's unshakable promises. Our thankfulness is is fed by three roots. By the memory of things God has done in the past. It's fed by the good things that we see and name all around us. And it's also fed by those unshakable promises of what he will do for us in the future. In Isaiah 35, I just read a part of that and we'll read more of it later. Isaiah comforts Israel with a future promise. They're in exile in Babylon. And Isaiah says, the Lord will save you. He will come. You will be home. You will enter Zion with thanksgiving and singing, he says. Everlasting joy will crown your heads. Gladness and joy will overtake you, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. How would those words of gladness and joy overtaking them and sorrow and sighing flee away? How would that give present comfort to Israel when they were in exile? Well, maybe somewhat like this. A while ago, I read in a, in a Bible study book a story of some prisoners of war in a German prisoner of war camp, Americans and British soldiers in a German camp towards the end of World War II. And they'd been in that camp a while, and, and conditions in that camp were, were, were terrible. And their sleeping conditions were, were cold and meager. The food was bad. Their clothes were ratty. And the prison guards were, were nasty to them a lot of the time. And possibly the worst part of all was they had no news from the outside. They had no idea what was going on in the world. They didn't know what was going on in the home country. They didn't know about their families. They didn't know if their families they knew they were alive. They didn't know how the war was going. Their world was confined by this dark place. But then, one of the soldiers who was newly in the camp smuggled in a crystal radio, one of these old-style radios. And with that crystal radio, they were able to listen to broadcasts from outside the camp, and they heard good news of great joy. The Allies had already landed at Normandy. D-Day had happened, and they'd beaten back the Germans, and they'd retaken France, and now they were marching towards Germany. And they weren't there yet. The war wasn't over. But the outcome of the war was certain their side would win the final victory. Now, how did it help those soldiers in that camp? In one sense, it didn't do anything, right? I mean, the food was still terrible, the guards were still mean, and their clothes were still ratty. But in all the ways that mattered, it changed their life completely. They used to get up with hopelessness, with their feds to the ground, but now their heads were upraised, They walked with hope, they had light in their eyes, they laughed, they joked, because they knew they would be free, they would be saved. It's been a hard year. But next year at this time, I would like to make a prophecy in the style of Isaiah. I prophesy that these pews will be full. I prophesy that we will be shoulder to shoulder and pew to pew. I prophesy that Larry will play the organ really loud and that Aaron and maybe some other trumpets too will blow a death can and we will sing so loud that this place will shake. 
We will enter this sanctuary with singing. Everlasting joy will crown our heads. Gladness and joy will overtake us. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Amen. to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, and he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, a thirsty ground, bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. And it will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it, and wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there nor any ravenous beast, they will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow, sighing, will flee away. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.